This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Can I play with it? Can I win with it? Can I go with it? Can do it? You play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I am your host, Neil. With me today, we have no Adam. He couldn't make it today. That's okay, though, because we got Josh late on a school night. What up, Josh? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Feels like it's been a long time since we talked. It's been a long time, man. That's tough. That's all good, though. Even though we don't have Adam, we do have a third person. Someone who we tried to schedule on the show during the fantasy season, but you know, schedules never matched up. It happens. That's okay because actually, this gentleman specializes in dynasty and Devi league. So this is actually where the magic happens for him. I'd like to welcome to the show Ray. What's up, Ray? Man, is this the Clock Dodgers podcast? Am I actually on this joint? Man? You actually are, you man. You made it, Ray. Welcome. Well, <laughs> dude, this. I, I can't believe my 2020 is starting off like this, man. Let's get it. <laughs> hey, we're excited about it. For anyone who may not know, Ray is a Debbie writer, ranker, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. He's over at DLF. Um, like I said, during the season, we were trying to make this happen. It just didn't happen for whatever the reason is, but it couldn't be. Hey, 2020, maybe, maybe it was meant to happen this way. So um, before we get into the actual you know, football stuff and everything, I do want to just talk about you for a little bit, Ray. Um, nothing, nothing too personal. Don't worry. Nothing too crazy. Uh, but I did see, man, I, I talked to you on Twitter. You got some recent promotions. seems like everything is popping over there yeah. in your life. What's going on, man? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm living, man. I'm, I'm blessed, you know, even outside of this, this fantasy football thing, right? It's a proxy for a game that we all enjoy and love, man. But, you know, I just had the birth of my second son back in October, so that's kind of dope, you know, trying to just juggle two kids, a wife and my own job and then doing fantasy football and trying to have my own personal life. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's been a hectic year, but I'm blessed. I'm fortunate, man. And and a lot of good things have, have happened for me, but it, it has not come without hard work and sacrifice and all of that other stuff that comes along with it. So, yeah, man, the promotions and stuff, they're cool and I appreciate it, but Shit, the grind doesn't stop, man. It's just I'm just getting started, man. I'm I'm nowhere near where I want to be and where I think I can take this thing. So with the with the help of of good people and, and and making good relationships, I think a lot of people 
they don't understand having good relationships with folks like you guys is is a part is a big part of it. If you got people rooting for you, they're not hating on you, man. They want to see you shine. They appreciate it. It, it really does go a long way. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I really appreciate you guys having me on. And, and life is good, man. It's beautiful. Absolutely. And we talked about, you know, back when you did have, you know, the birth of your child. You know, I said congratulations. And, but, of course, got to do it on air, too, man. And that's, of course, bigger than anything else that's been going on in your life. So that's, that is dope. Um, but as far as, like, I, I was telling Josh earlier, like, I feel like every year, it feels like at least, at least in the fantasy community on, on Twitter, that like there's someone that like kind of kind of explodes onto the onto the scene. Not that you haven't been putting in the work before all this, but it feels like it's someone's year every year, kind of. Um, I, I remember a few years back, I was like Elliot Chris was doing really well. I feel like he just exploded. You know, I feel like this is your year, man, or last year, this year, kind of you know blending in. I feel like you know everyone's. I see, <laughs> I see you getting t- you know tons of messages, tons of comments. Everyone's listening to the podcast. You're getting these promotions. Like sometimes, you know, when good people put in good work, it just kind of all clicks at once, and you kind of see it happen. And it's kind of cool to see it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And uh, you know, again, it's 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 the grind. And it was it my year? Is it my year? Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> I put in the work. It is absolutely. I'm grinding. I'm, I'm doing my thing, but I, I say that with the most grateful and humble heart there is, because I don't take any of this for granted, man. Right. I, I just, I just want to talk about college football. I, sure. I love the game. I played college football. I just, I just wanted to talk about college football. I never thought it would evolve to what it, what it is now, to where I'm actually like being paid to talk, talk about it. So, uh, couldn't be more appreciative and grateful and humbled. But yeah, I put in the work. It should be my year. It's my time, and and I don't I don't plan on letting letting my foot off the gas anytime soon. I'm still working hard. I'm still grinding because somebody out there wants to take me down, and I That's a fact. and I'm not having it. Yeah. You know? Hey, I respect that answer. And and you know, mentioning you know all the hard work you're putting in. One of one of the big things you do is your podcast. What what do you feel like? I mean, there's we all know there's lots of podcasts now. Everyone does podcasts. Yeah. You know, there's different levels to this game, different, you know, where people are at. But yours is really popular. I mean, I see a lot of people. I see the big thing for me is obviously I don't know downloads and all that kind of stuff. All I know is the interaction that you do on Twitter. There's a lot of people talking to you. And in a lot of those comments, it's mentioned in the podcast. And so, like, what do you feel? Because I feel like it's better if, if you say it than we say it. What do you feel is what stands out about your podcast or makes it that so many people are enjoying it and so many people are listening? What what do you to anyone who doesn't know about your podcast, like right now, what is it that your podcast offers and that you're giving that you feel like it, it brings value to everybody? I think it's just it's authentic, man. It's it's authenticity. I know I even went back. First of all, I don't know how you guys operate, but I hate listening to my own show. Like after I edited it, I'm done. Like I don't go back and listen to it. I just don't want to hear it. Um, But I went back and listened to a couple of the first episodes of the Destination Debbie. And when you're doing a solo podcast, it's a lot harder than when you have a co-host and there's downtime. I meant I'm not only coming up with the topics, I got to get on the mic and then edit it and do all of that stuff. So when I first started out, I was trying to sound like the other solo podcast people. I was trying to sound like JJ Zacharyson. and I was trying to sound like some of these other people. And it it was hard, man. Like I was having to like read like t- tons of different takes and start over. And it was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then one day, literally, I was just like, the hell with that, man. I'm going to be me. I'm going to talk how I talk. I'm going to do the show how I want to do it. And people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it. Um, I didn't want to take a lot of uh, take up a lot of time. There's a ton of great podcasts out there. So I said I want the show to be 
30 minutes or less for the most part to where it's just enough, but not too much. And uh, once I was authentic and, and true to me and did the show how I wanted to do it and said things how I wanted to say it and the hell with being, you know, professional and talking like this and having a show sheet and all of this, like, I'm just me, man. I, I love the game. I'm passionate about it. So, hell, I'm going to talk about it the way I want to talk about it, deliver the information and the content how I want to do it. And that's when I feel like things really started to click for the show and click for me. So if you just want to hear about, you know, college prospects coming up to the NFL who might score points for your crazy fantasy team, check out the DEP, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think you definitely nailed it right there. And just the passion, the authenticity, all that is. You know, it's super important, and I feel like sometimes, especially in this space more than any, that shows can get very robotic and very, you know, formatted, and it just, you know, it doesn't have that same feel. So I, I definitely think that is what's standing out about you. Um, really quick, too, before we get into breaking down players and these college guys and all this kind of stuff, um, I think it's also important, you know, kind of like what's your process? I see you mention it a lot, you know, that, you know, you're obviously super, you know, di- super dived into the, the college game and... And then you watch the film and you're doing all that kind of stuff. But yeah. also I see you mention, you know, mixing analytics in and kind of, you know, taking from this guy, taking from that guy and seeing what's important to focus on. So what's your idea as far as when you're looking at these college guys or even just in fantasy in general, like the process that you're going through with the film, the analytics, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both, right? You know, I'm watching college football on Saturday, so if a guy jumps off the screen to me, then I'm intrigued, I'm interested. I know a lot of these guys from high school because I follow the game. Actually, I live in Texas now, so I go to a lot of the top high school games. I've seen Kyler Murray play live. I've seen Eno Benjamin play. I've watched Jalen Rager play live. So I'm, I'm already, I've got an idea of who these kids are. So as far as scouting for fantasy football purposes, Yeah, I look at the film. Like, if you jump off the screen, I want to know who you are. And then I start diving into some of the numbers. Is is, Does this guy have the requisite size? You know, does he have the speed to compete at the next level? And that's where the analytics comes into play. I want to know... You know, just where they where they line up and and historically amongst other position players. And I think that's where the best of both worlds come in. I'm not just strictly film. I'm not just strictly analytics. When I when I go to the fight, man, I want to have my full arsenal of weapons. Right. Like, you know, I want it all. So I kind of pay attention to film, the analytics, put it all together. I don't have some fancy model that I can sell or get you to subscribe to. I mean, I'm trying to be a little more transparent with my process, but a lot of it is just is what I see. And then I rely on other smart people who are good with spreadsheets to provide the data and then kind of put it together and try to build that thing up. Yeah, no, I respect that. You know, I, I take a similar approach to it. And mentioning high school football in Texas, a lot of people don't know how that goes down, man. It's crazy out there. Man, it's, <laughs> it's a different game. It's wild, man. And it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's an event. It's an event, man. You guys got high school stadiums that look like, you know, college and pro sometimes out there. Um, But yeah, better than some of the college and pro ones. I've seen, I've seen like pictures and videos. I've never been to one, but I've seen like pictures. I'm like, how's that high school, man? That's crazy. Uh, I'm in Florida where it's pretty big out here too, but you know, Texas, it's a different game probably. Um, All right. So, so, so that kind of gives everybody a background of you if they aren't already familiar with you. That's what I I feel like it's important, but now I want to jump into what, you know, the people are, are looking for right now, which is the news, the advice, all the different things going on. Obviously, I feel like we would be doing a disservice if we don't talk about LSU Clemson since it just happened. Since everyone in the world watched it. You know, I've seen you tweeting yeah. a lot about it. I guess, you know, because we, we, we could sit here and do a whole episode about just this game. But 
to kind of get to a point, I guess that's important to people listening is what players do we care about from this game? Like, in, in, I know you do Debbie, so you can talk about it from an immediate standpoint, obviously going into like the draft, but you, I know you're also thinking about guys who aren't going into the draft yet, but um, just guys that stand out from either way for you. I'm not going to, you know, box you in there, but just guys that you feel like we should really care about in fantasy at some point or another, um, just from this game specifically. Well, I'll, I'll save the 2022 prospects for another okay. show, right? Because that's, that's not yeah. that's not helping the people listening listening to this. But <laughs> right away, man, like, like I've never I, and and I've been watching college football for a long time. I've never seen something like what Joe Burrow just did this season. I mean, it, it, literally today, walking into work, I'm just thinking 60 touchdown passes. Sick. That's that's high school video game numbers. Yes, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying. Like that's unreal. That's that's, that's Madden on rookie type of numbers. Yeah, and hell, <laughs> even in Madden, on, you're not finishing the year with 60 touchdowns yeah. in, a, in a video game. So, you know, he's gonna be or should be the number one pick in the NFL draft. And if you're playing in leagues where you've got two quarterbacks or super flex format, and Joe Burrow is dope, man. And and I really like. Because I'm a confident guy. I, I'm a confident guy, and there's a difference between being arrogant and and cocky and, and then confident. And he's confident. I want my quarterback to walk out there with swag, like he's feeling like you know, I can't nobody stop me, man. I, nobody's about to stop me. I'm gonna do what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it. And Joe Burrow's got that sort of persona and that aura around him, and it does not come off as arrogant. It, it comes off as I know I'm the shit, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to dissect this defense. So I think Joe Burrow is somebody that, if again, two quarterback leagues, you want to get him. The running back, Clyde edwards Lair. I know he's a short guy, but, man, he's just got juice, agility, can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's somebody that, especially with a couple of these guys going back to school, you're going to want to get Clyde edwards Lair. I'm, I'm a big fan of his game and shout out to him because coming into the season I wrote the dude off I was like by week five the true freshman John Emory Jr. is going to take his spot but CEH is is, is awesome uh, Justin Jefferson the wide receiver for LSU and then on the Clemson side of the ball Travis Etienne I mean he is what he is he's fast right dude is lightning quick you know what I mean Isaiah Simmons on the defensive side of the ball is an absolute freak when you're lining up at corner safety linebacker dn you know calling the plays he's he's awesome and trevor lawrence t higgins running over defensive backs looking like earl campbell out there so for fantasy man that game had a little bit of everything randy moss's son the tight end you know uh, it had everything that you wanted uh, from from a fantasy football standpoint and it was a it was a all right game i guess it started Started off good, and then after a while, Clemson just could, couldn't do anything offensively. But Joe Burrow was the man, dude. I'm excited to see him at the next level. Yeah, it was definitely exciting from all aspects. Josh, did you watch the game? I'm, I'm assuming you did, but I don't know. You know, I know you're a busy guy. I, I, didn't, I did not watch Oh, you game. didn't watch it? Ah, what was sorry. more important? What was more important, Josh? I don't even know, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, it was it was a fun game. And, and you know, like you said, th- those guys that you mentioned obviously are the guys that, you know, people care about right now. And do, do you, when you're, when, I'm curious now because I see people go both ways on this. When you're talking about college players, do you put a lot of stock into where they go or do you not care as much about that and more about just the talent? I think you have to care about where they go to a certain degree. And maybe 
maybe not so much where they go. Yes, if you land on a great offense like the Chiefs or something like that, that definitely elevates your stock. But I'm I'm more concerned about when they go. If they're drafted relatively high uh, with good draft capital, first round, second round, third round, then that yields for opportunity. If you're picked high, there is an investment in said player and ownership, and the head coach is going to get said player on the field as quickly as possible. And in fantasy football, opportunity yields points. And um, I'm more concerned about when they go than where they go, because if I believe in the talent, DeAndre Swift, if he lands in Miami, I, I really don't care. Like, I want him. He's right. good. He's right. dope. He's going to be good. And would it be better if he went to Kansas City? Sure, but I'm still betting on that talent. But there are some players where, where I'd be a little more landing spot dependent but I'm more draft capital. I want I want to invest in the guys that I think that are actually going to get a shot to play. Yeah, and I asked that too because I know last season, like I'm sure Josh, like you know, like when AJ Brown got drafted, a lot of people kind of didn't like it. They were like, he went to the Titans. Yeah. They got Corey Davis. They got Mariota. He's not been you know that great. They're a heavy running offense, and people kind of I feel like they knocked him. I could be wrong, but I feel like wasn't he downgraded a little bit for going to the Titans? Like didn't yeah. some people kind of sour true. on him? He went from being like the wide receiver one in the class to being a late first round pick. Yeah. Yep. And so now look at yep. him, right? Now everyone's like, damn. So it's like, I guess, you know, it's important to put credit into where they go and then obviously not write guys off or knock them too much for where they go. At some point, I feel like you got to probably balance it out with, okay, but I, I still know this guy's really good, right? <laughs> so um, yep. it's an interesting, you know, it's another, it's one of those fun variables. I made that mistake. You I did? made that mistake last year with AJ Brown. I mean, I saw Tennessee and Marcus Mariota, and I was just like, he was still a first-round pick for me in, in Dynasty rookie drafts. But, I mean, I, uh, I don't even want to say this. I took Noah Fant over him, you know? Oh. Um, and it, it's it's a tight end premium league, so they do get double the points that a receiver gets. But still, if I can go back, there's no way in hell I'm letting him fall to the he, – he went 12th. Like, like Josh just said, he went 12th. So – uh, I wouldn't do that again. And I learned from that mistake. And by and large, I'm going to bet on the talent over the situation. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I might have went Debo before A.J. Brown last year also in a draft. I could be wrong, but I think I did. I feel so, like that probably happened a lot. That doesn't look so bad. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Brown yeah. took off, but. Debo's good. Yeah. Debo's good, though. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, I guess. But it did look a little. At the end of the season, it was looking a little, little rough for me, but uh, uh, yeah, it happens. Um, so yeah, so that was a really fun game. It's gonna be cool to see how this plays out. Also, LSU's O coordinator went to the to the Panthers, right? Yep. That's gonna be big, right? How do you think that's gonna translate? Yep. Just fine, or? I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna be an awesome fit, and I think they're gonna draft a quarterback high. I mean, they've got you got to understand they got a new owner, they got a new head coach, and they got a new offensive coordinator name an organization in business that gets a new vice president, a new president, a new uh, manager, a new director, and they don't make changes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to make changes. And what does that look like? Do they have enough? Would Cincinnati fans would probably kill me listening to this. <laughs> would Cincy trade out of the one spot? Do Does Carolina move up a couple of spots and get to them? Do they wait for Herbert? I don't know, but I know they're walking out of 2020 with a quarterback. I can almost guarantee Joe Brady did not leave Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And let me tell you, Joe Brady is 30 years old. My man gets a fade 
Like if you've never seen his haircut, he gets he he's going to the barber shop. Baton Rouge is a good place to be for, and I don't know if he's single or married, but it's a good place to be. All right. So for him to leave Baton Rouge and go to North Carolina, uh, wherever the Panther, where they Charlotte, I don't even know what where they are. He's he's not going to uh, work with Kyle Allen. I can assure you of that. So. They're getting a quarterback, and that's a dope spot with CMC, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas. It's going to be nice, man. You ain't even mentioned Cam Newton. He's good as gone, huh? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what Cam is doing. <laughs> we'll see how it plays. That'll be fun. Also, just backtracking really quick to Mariota. Did you guys see the last Titans game? This dude looked like a totally different guy. I, I didn't even know it was him running out of the tunnel with Tannehill. I was like, damn, who's that other quarterback? I didn't know they had another quarterback. It was Mariota <laughs> with a full beard. Everything looked like times are hard, man. I was like. Trying to hide in plain sight. Yeah, I didn't even know it was him. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's Ryan Fitzpatrick going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was trying to say, like, maybe if I grow this beard, it might change my luck. It was crazy, man. Um, speaking, of, speaking of the NFL playoffs, though, Titans, Chiefs, Packers, Niners. Should be fun, right? Should be really fun. Anything, anything special you guys learned? In the in the last couple of weeks with these teams, anything anything special that stood not, out? Not to bet the over, not to bet like <laughs> I just do a horrible job of picking these games. Like the Ravens took me completely by surprise. Yeah, Lamar yeah, Jackson getting a lot, a lot of flack. Too. Lamar Jackson getting a lot of flack. And people have been waiting all year to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it just so happened that he had his worst game at the worst time. But, you know, people people had had that loaded up in the chamber, ready to go. Um, I don't I don't know if I learned anything, per se, besides nobody wants to tackle a six foot four, 250 pound tank. That is Derrick Henry. I just he's huge, man. Like who wants to deal with that 30 times a game? And Nobody. in that Ravens game, that, that play, if you go back and watch that 60-yard run, uh, when he hit the second level, Marcus Peters was right there. And he wanted no part, zero part of tackling Derrick Henry. And I think he's going to run through Kansas City, but I, I don't know if, if Tennessee has enough to slow down Patty Mahomes and, and that Kansas City Chiefs crew who just Bill O'Brien should have been fired after that game. They I mean, they're up twenty one nothing, and they scored forty one unanswered points. That's it was crazy. Yeah, that's it was crazy. That's crazy, and it happened quick too. You know what I mean? It was like boom, boom, boom. It was tie game, and then boom, boom, boom. They're up forty one to twenty four or whatever it was. It just Wild man, yeah. Wild. I, my brother actually hit me up. He was like, "Yo, they're up twenty-one, nothing right now, and like it's still the first quarter, whatever it was." And I was like, "That's crazy." And then like by the time they flip scores, like the forty-something points, I was like, "I don't know what's crazier—the fact that they were up twenty-one, nothing, you know, that quick on the on the, on the Chiefs, or if you know it's crazy that the, that the Chiefs just bounced back that quick and you know scored forty. I was like, "This is nuts." It's also like demoralizing. Like it's it's funny as a fan because like I'm a Raiders fan, and when I'm seeing. You know, Mahomes do this. I know I'm watching like greatness, right? Like I know I'm watching something special. At the same time, as a fan, I'm like miserable because I'm like, how can the Raiders ever do something like this? Like I can never see the Raiders scoring that many points that quick or bouncing back from 21 nothing and scoring 40 points. Like I'm like, man, should we just hang it up till this dude retires? Like this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like as a fan, it could be demoralizing when you know you got to face this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's nuts. Yep. Yeah. 
Mahomes is on another level. His greatness, man. That dude is a great young quarterback. And when you've got somebody like that, I mean, he's the ultimate cheat code. Like, when you're down 21 nothing, you see Lamar Jackson couldn't overcome it. And he's special and talented, but you got to be able to sling the rock. And Mahomes, it's, it's like only a matter of time before he just gets going. And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, before we get into some of the uh, the other segments and stuff that we do, I just I did want to ask you, I know we talked about the coaches a little bit, the new coaches. How much do we care about the new coaches in, as far as a fantasy aspect? Like, um, do, do you care a lot about it, Ray? Is it something you put a lot of stock into as far as, you know, who these guys are that are calling plays, as far as it affecting in a positive or a negative, you know, guys like CMC and, and the wide receivers and the quarterbacks that they might add, like you said. I mean, do, do, you, do you worry about it a lot? And you know, in one way or the other, or do you not put as much stock into it as far as it affecting a, from a fantasy aspect? Hell yeah, you you pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Like for some of the elite guys, it may not impact them as much because they've got an ability to overcome. But when Vic Fangio or whatever his name is was hired by the Broncos, I was like, that's not going to end well, and I'm fading. <laughs> just about every Denver Broncos player. Now, Cortland Sutton balled out because, of you know, essentially somebody has to catch the ball. Right. Somebody has to run the ball. But I think it limits upside. It limits upside. I think the players who are good, they still have a safe floor. But if if you fall into an offense like, you know, that the offensive coordinator, his, his tendency is just to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Well, look what happened in Minnesota. They got two – Two of their wide receivers at the top are within the top 10 highest paid in the NFL, and they catch a couple of balls a game because all they want to do is run the damn ball. So you have to pay attention to coaching changes, what their philosophies are. Um, and as a Cowboys fan, I'm a little concerned about Zeke. And I know Mike McCarthy's never had a running back like Zeke Elliott, but he's notorious for going away from the run and just throwing the ball a ton. Now I'm happy for Gallup and Cooper and Dak Prescott. But I'm a look. I want to see what happens with Zeke Elliott. Do they work in Tony Pollard more? Does, does Zeke still get those 300 carries he does every year? So I think you have to pay attention to coaching changes and coaching situations. And the Carolina Panthers, I'm buying everybody on that offense with Joe Brady coming through. Matt Rule, they're going to throw the ball. Yeah. Like, I don't have to see when Cliff Kingsbury was hired. I didn't have to wait a couple. Of, they were going to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. So. I think it provides an opportunity to buy some players if you if you understand what these coaching philosophies and schemes are and it gives you an opportunity to get out on some if you're a little concerned so you better pay attention yeah i'm, I'm with you on that josh are you as are you as into the coaching stuff as no. as like right i i, I, I thought I, in the past you said you haven't cared as much right 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 <laughs> i i don't think that it's like a major factor to see be josh doesn't agree with us right he's like eh Hey, it's, hey, it's all right. It's all right. I'll. Uh, I, I hope to get in. Get in the league with Josh, and then we oh. could. Uh, we could, we could draft a couple of these players, and uh, nah. But I mean, that's the thing, and and that's what makes this game so just diverse and intriguing because you'll have two viewpoints or you know different polar opposites, and that's what makes fantasy football fun, and that's what create causes the parity in these leagues, and. And there's nothing wrong with differing yeah. opinions, even if the other opinion is wrong. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> no, man. yeah. No, see, I get into that stuff. Like as far as like I see, I know it's a, I've seen a, a big topic on Twitter recently with the whole momentum conversation. I get into those variables like coaching, momentum, leadership. Like I feel like it's important when you say like a guy like Joe Burrows. You're like, you know, 
his, you know, his, um, his confidence and the way he carries himself, his swag. Like, I feel like that matters. And I know like that's disgusting to some people, right? Like they're like, get out of here, man. Like that doesn't make any sense, but I feel like it does matter. And I feel like it plays a big part in like the fact that everyone was, you know, shitting on Deshaun Watson when he was coming out. But I feel like if you knew the mentality he had and the way he carried himself and the way he led, like, it just didn't feel like, well, how, how are you so quick to, to knock this dude? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, yeah. I feel like it's important. But then other people are like, yeah, that's disgusting. Like, it may, that means nothing at all with this whole game. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I enjoy those variables while I understand other people are trying to get rid of them. You know what I mean? Um, so, I just think I, it's an interesting I think combo. It, I think it really helps when when the player is good, right? Like, when you're Sean Watson and you know you're good. Now, if you're just some scrub on the bench or and you, you're pumped up and I got a lot of confidence, but you don't really <laughs> have the talent, then no. But man, I, I, I've seen it firsthand. I work at, I work in college athletics. I've worked with college athletics for the past 10 years of my life. And I've been around some very talented kids who have done some very good things. And one trait that I've noticed in each of them is they had that confidence. They had that, like, I know I'm legit. Like, and they really were, and they all had opportunities to play at the next level. So, um, you know, is it something that you just hold at the forefront of your evaluation process and say, this kid tries really hard, or he has a lot of confidence? No. Right. But when you're looking at an elite player like a Joe Burrow, and you look at everything that he does well, and you just say, oh, yeah, and he feels like he can go out there and look like Justin Herbert. Like he's just quiet. I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> you just like to see some stuff out of some players, right? You you really see it on basketball. Like, and dudes know you can't stop me when James Harden is out there. Like, I don't care what you do. I'm finna drop dimes on you. I'm 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 bombing it from three. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just know it when you see it, man. Yeah, and you and uh, like again, I get crazy with it. Like, I, it could be to me as much of a difference between. Derek Carr throwing a ball short on fourth down or Deshaun Watson doing something amazing and getting the first down. Like, I don't know how much of that is talent, how much of that is the variables of I can do this because I, I think I believe in myself that much and I'm a leader and I want to be great. And the other guy doesn't believe in himself as much or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So I, I do get us, you know, that stuff credence. So again, I know some people, Josh <clears throat> over here doesn't agree with it as much, <laughs> but I always like to bring it up. Um, all right, let's move over to some of the segments that we have, though. Um, the first one I want to hit is trust issues. Um, I have three different topics that I kind of want to hit on um, that I feel like are important. You know, they're relevant as well. Um, so we're just going to hit on some things and we just say whether we have trust issues with this, you know, with this player or this situation or if we trust them. Uh, so the first one is Derrick Henry, <laughs> the talk of the town right now. Um, Derrick Henry finishing as a top three running back next season. Uh, do we have trust issues with that, or do we trust it, Ray? I trust it in the right format. Okay. As so it got to be like points per carry? or Yeah, if you're in a points per carry or a half-point PPR league, then I trust it. If it's a full-point PPR league, I think he finishes a little bit outside of the top three. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so, and, and you always see in PPR, you know, guys sneaking into that area, into that, you know, upper top 10 range where you're like, ah, I didn't see that happening, you know? So PPR definitely mm-hmm. changes a lot. Josh, do you think it's – you trust it or you got trust issues with that? I mean, just looking at that number, you know, three, it seems like predicting that is sort of uh, optimistic for mm-hmm. anybody. But if you just look at what Derrick Henry's season was and think, well, could he do this or better – they only ran the 10th most run plays. So I feel like 
you know, that that's definitely sustainable. He was number one in carries because he's the only person getting carries in that offense, really. But, you know, he, he also only had the 13th most weighted opportunities. So he's not being put in the red zone as much as, you know, 12 other running backs at least. And the game script didn't run super favorable. So I feel like there are just – this was not a season that was maxed out on efficiency. Right. So, there, so there's a chance that even if he produces less in a certain area that he gets more end zone opportunities or just – I mean, they, you know. they could easily run as much or more. He could have just more trips to the red zone. The Titans' offense could get better. They could have an easier schedule. I think Derrick Henry could meet or exceed what he did this yeah. year. Yeah, I trust it. I trust it. I know a lot of people want to see him fall, man. A lot of people are like, this is your chance to sell. So who's out? So who's out? If Because Chris McCaffrey's in, right? Right. We can, we can pretty much agree he's in. Saquon Barkley, he's in. Yeah. yeah that, that is so cool. then you got Joe Mixon. You've got uh, Alvin Kamara. You've got uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, who's out? I like Derek, or, Derek Henry over those guys. Outside oh, of CMC ooh. and Saquon. I think I would still go Zeke. I would still go Zeke over Derrick Henry. Okay. I mean, just as like as a player, I want on my roster. But I think if somebody pushes for the number one spot this year, and I mean it, I'm going to put it on Twitter. I'm going to own it. I think it's Joe Mixon. If anybody finishes number one, other than Christian McCaffrey, I don't think it's Zeke. I don't think it's Derrick Henry. I don't think it's Saquon. I think it's Joe Mixon for 2020. I really believe that. So is that because Joe Burrow's like, you know, turns around the Bengals, enlivens them, whatever? I, th- I think it's not just it's it's definitely the Joe Bur- the fact that they'll have a legitimate quarterback back there, even though he's a rookie, he's going to pose a hell of a lot more threat than Ryan Finley, and I think Zach <laughs> Taylor uh, figured out later on the season, let me get the best player of the ball. Uh, they had two or three offensive linemen. Their first-round pick didn't play because he was hurt. Billy Price, their first-round pick the year before, was hurt for half the season. And then whatever the heck was going on with Cordy Glenn, the free agent tackle, uh, in and out of the lineup, not playing for whatever reason. So that offense should see a spike just off of people coming back from injury. And then when you have a quarterback – that can get the ball to Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green has said he wanted to come back. I think that that yields very favorably for Joe Mixon, and he does get the catches and the carries. Uh, I, I can see if if I were going to – if Vegas had odds for somebody other than Christian McCaffrey being the number one uh, ranked fantasy running back, I'd put my money on Joe Mixon for 2020. Man, that's interesting. I'm not mad at it. It's definitely no. – it's, it's bold. I like it. I like he's that. got the right kind of pl- profile. He, you know, the the passing work. He's there's not really another player there. Geo gets gets work, but I, I think if that offense really got going, Joe Mixon could be super valuable. Yeah, it's just trusting the Bengals, basically. <laughs> That's what yeah. trusting the Bengals, which all is right. hard. It is. <laughs> it's super hard to say that. Yep. All right. So it seems like we all trust Derrick Henry. I mean, we could see to all see top three running back situations. We also could see where it may drop out a little bit. Um, the next one. Uh, Joe Burrow will have an impactful fantasy rookie quarterback season. Obviously, this is kind of open, you know, to interpretation and whether you feel like what impactful means exactly. But if you just feel like he will be a guy that 
impact wise, he can be a starter on your team and 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 win games for you. It doesn't mean he's going to carry the whole season for you and be a top ten guy, but you know, just impactful. Period. As a fancy rate quarterback, have a good season. Uh, trust or trust issues, Ray. Why'd you ask me this one first? Gotta put you, uh, gotta put you, you know, you're the man here. Uh, oh, <laughs> I trust. Trust. I think I, I want to hear. I want to hear your guys' explanations first before I give mine. Okay, Josh, you want to go first? Well, I mean, I think he's going. He's going one hundred and one, right? So yeah. he's going to play. Yeah. Eleven or twelve games, he's going to impact yeah. people. It might be negative, and it might be positive, <laughs> but there's going to be an impact. Uh, I don't know, man. It's so tr- like I just said, this is the thing with the Bengals, man. It's just hard, you know, the whole AJ Green thing. Like, what was going on there? Like, I just don't know, man. Like, I just want to see this team functioning properly. You know what I mean? Like, I want to feel good about who's running the team and who's calling the plays and just. I just want to feel good, and like as soon as I feel that happening and see it happening, then I feel con- I feel better about him. But like, if we have to guess, like, you know how he fares compared to other quarterback rookie quarterbacks of recent, like, is there a, a fair assessment that we feel like he can at least do that well? Like, um, can he have a Gardner Minshew like effect? Do we feel good about that? I, I think he's really good. You know, I, I, we 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 joke, but it's not a joke. The Cincinnati situation historically has been a little bit of a mess since Carson Palmer. But I think he's I, – I really believe now, last night, and Josh, I know you didn't watch it, but there was <laughs> there was talk out there saying he's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. I, I, wow. I, but Luck did it for a number yeah. of years, right? Luck didn't, like, surprise us. No, we we knew like it, we knew Andrew Luck was going to be that guy. I don't know if I'm there with him, but I do think he's. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback for a long time. And one of the things I really like about him is he can move, man. His pocket presence, if if he needs to get out and scramble, he can do that as well. I like him better than Drew Lock. I like him better than Daniel Jones. I would take him over Kyler Murray. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited about him. It's just the Bengals, right? But they have pieces. That's the thing. They look like they yeah. legitimately have a decent core. He's got a walking into Cincinnati. He's got a better offensive situation than the Arizona Cardinals had with Kyler Murray. The line is better. The weapons around him are better. It's just we got to see the Bengals put it together. Please just put it somehow like do it right right is, is there any I, I, tr- I got trust is there any question that he's your number one in the super flex rookie draft hands down or is there people you're putting above him no not hands down okay i like Tua. that's what and, i was curious and i've said it before two is my personal quarterback one he i don't think he's gonna go one but he's my personal quarterback one so you know i know the hip injury uh, i know i know i know but what I've seen from Tua for two and a half years of football in the SEC, it it was – I know it's not 60 touchdowns special, but, man, it just – from the time he stepped on the field, it was different. Like, you knew he was good. So, I, I'm not going to say consensus because there may be somebody out there who wants to over Burrow, but for me, if I'm playing the safe, I, I would take Joe Burrow first and super flex. Interesting. And this is actually a perfect transition because the last trust issue that I had was Tua's health in the NFL. Trust or trust issues? It sounds like you trust it. I do trust it. Okay. I think um, I, I do trust it. And if 
if, and I'm not, but if I were an NFL franchise taking him, I don't care what he does at the combine. There's reports that he's going to be able to throw and work out. I don't care how he looks over the summer. 2020 is a redshirt season for him. He wouldn't play. I would come out. We would draft him. He'd put on his hat, and when he's interviewing with the the people walking off the stage, I will have already announced that he's not going to play. So get your hopes down. He's not playing. We're going to sit him. We're going to fully rehab him, get him all the way healthy, and he'll be ready to roll uh, for the 2021 NFL season. But I trust it, man. Modern medicine is different, you yeah. know. Uh, a lot of people said that Jalen Smith was never going to be able to even to run again because his drop foot, that devastated knee injury he had in a bowl game, and he's been a very good linebacker in the NFL. He just got a mega contract. Now, this year he didn't play as well because he got heavier, but I just think it's different, man. And until I see him not be able to do it, it's a risk that I – personally am willing to take and i think an nfl franchise is going to take that risk too and if they feel comfortable enough to draft him top 10 in the nfl draft then i'm not going to uh, i'm not going to stray away from him now if he falls four or five rounds after his medicals then yeah no thank you but i just don't foresee that happening yeah and that's the beauty of guys who play in Devi, who play in dynasty who have that so not everyone even that plays in those have the patience but like Drafting him this year in a rookie draft is going to be interesting, right? Because like you said, many people are going to go into it like he's not going to play this year at all, possibly. And if that's the case, you know you're drafting with your early pick, a guy who might not even play it and affect your team at all this year. So it's like you're still wanting him, though, because you're thinking ahead. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's the fun of those kind of, you know, style of league. So it's going to be interesting. I'm drafting him. I've got the, I've got the 102 in my home league. i got a whole bunch of picks in that draft. And you're drafting him? But you're I'm drafting him taking him 102. Yeah, no, no problem. And he'll just sit. Even nice. if he doesn't play, I'm fine. But I don't want to miss out on what he could become because I'm afraid that he won't give me production in 2020. Gotcha. That's 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 interesting. That's that says a lot though. So we'll see how it plays out. Listen, man. Listen, let me tell you something, man. I'm from Las Vegas. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I I'm a gambler. I, I will <laughs> risk it. And in this game, I feel like I can make enough moves. I'm savvy enough to to be able to overcome the production of one quarterback, man. But I'm all for the the risk reward. I think the reward on two of far outweighs the risk. Yeah. In my situation, I feel like that. Yeah, now, that's an important well, that's an important part. I'll tell you this. The something I'm kind of coming to believe more and more in Dynasty is that it's not about the moves where you like lose a nickel, lose a quarter. It's it's all about the moves where you make a dollar. Like that. That, that, I just think that's where it's at. You know, there's so much uncertainty, so much chaos, so many things change. It's all about the moves where you make a dollar and don't sweat the, you know, no production in 2020. Don't don't sweat the small stuff. You get, it's a great point. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Brown, I was sweating the small stuff and I missed out like because I just wanted to get a nickel, a dime, and I missed out on who everybody was high on even before the 2019 draft started because he was so good as a sophomore. And being freaked out over Tennessee, I, I mean, I wish I can go back and, and, and redo that one. So I agree, Josh, 100%. Yeah. Josh could use some help, man. So hopefully you're taking notes, Josh. <laughs> Every league you're in with me, you got a problem on your hands, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time, big time. Even though Josh runs some janky-ass leagues, man. Around some <laughs> Neil is upset. Neil's upset about the six seed being over points and not records. Listen, I'm not upset about it. 
This guy's got, <laughs> listen, he created a league. It's got like, you're winning 15 games a week and shit. It's crazy. It doesn't even make sense. They, they, I don't they, get it. They, they, you get a win if you're above the average. It's crazy. That's, that's it. It's ridiculous. No, okay. it's all it's all janky, man. It's janky. <laughs> let's not talk about it. Um, let's move on. Uh, I want to do this segment. We're we're gonna I'm gonna list three guys and we're gonna pick the one that we feel most confident in for that scenario. Um, so for um, let's put us in a startup dynasty league, right? Startup dynasty. Um, we don't know anything else other than that fact. It could be. I guess it, it doesn't matter if you, I, should we do this as a super flex or just a regular league. What do you think, Josh? Let's go super flex. Okay, so super flex, startup dynasty league. I'm going to list players, and we're all going to pick one in each scenario. So the first one is drafting one. So we're going to go Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, or Josh Allen. We're starting up this league, super flex league. Who are we going with? I think this is an interesting question. Ray, do you want to go first, or should I put it on Josh? Go ahead, Josh. He's the the host. All right, I'm courteous to to, the I think I think you got to go Josh Allen first because he has shown that he has plenty of upside, plenty of fantasy value, and like we just already know so much about him. He 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 has a job. He I I think you I think there's just too much there to risk Joe Burrow, and I I don't know very much about Joe Burrow at this point. Like like when Ray says he's a mover, I want to know if he's. Is he a Russell Wilson mover? Is he a Kyler Murray? Like, does he evade or does he actually get rushing yards? See, I hate to agree with Josh, but I'm going Josh Allen here too. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious if Ray goes a different way, and I got to go with the guy. I mean, he was throwing 80 yard bombs to fullbacks. If we're talking about confidence, who who more than Josh Allen has it? Right? I mean, come on, Josh Allen has the confidence. It's very clear. His team isn't even that great, and he still still makes things happen. He makes things happen with his legs. He can make the the passes. I feel like that that offense will only continue to grow. He'll only continue to get better in it. You know, Tannehill's been amazing, but you know he's slightly older. We don't really know exactly how that's going to play out. But I mean, I'm happy for the guy, and I wouldn't be mad at having him. You know, and then you know, I'm, I'm curious, Ray, where where are you going, man? Well, it, we're three for three because I'm going Josh Allen nice. as well. <clears throat> I'm a big I'm a big Josh Allen fan. And, you know, he's got that floor every game. You know he's going to give you 50 rushing yards. He was a lot better this year with his, you know, the turnover rate. I really – I think he is – I was actually at the game uh, when he shredded Dallas. Uh, He's good. And they – their best receiving weapon is, what, John Brown? (laughs) Wait until he actually gets some legitimate weapons. I I like Josh Allen, and and I prefer – even though I do Debbie, even though I love these college guys, I really, unless I truly, truly believe they're elite or they've got that special something, give me the young player whom I've already seen produce at the NFL level. I, I am a risker. I, I like to gamble, but I'm not stupid. So in this <laughs> question, uh, the only the only way I would take Joe Burrow if I was in a situation where I knew I'd be able to flip him for way more but if i'm starting my team in a, in a dynasty startup I, I would go with josh allen nice nice even with a little john brown slander mixed in there i like it no <laughs> no i get you i know what you mean he's not the he's not ray, he's not electric wide receiver to you some people ray how mobile is joe is burrow he's very mobile he's uh if i had to compare him to somebody uh i think he's more mobile than uh 
he'd be like a better version of of Ryan Tannehill. I think that's actually a, a good comp. He's not Josh Allen, but I think he's going to run surprisingly fast at the combine, and it's it's how he moves in the pocket. And again, Josh, these are some of the high end comps they were saying. His pocket presence was that of Tom Brady. Now, Damn. I will not go that far, but it is it is amazing how he can just sense pressure, get out of the way. They were calling design runs for this dude, man. I mean, legit drop back, now he's running it. Uh, he's he's a hell of a lot more athletic than if you just look at him than what you would think. He, he's good. Do, do people, does he catch a lot of flack for like throwing motion? That's just something I hate to hear. Nothing. I haven't heard anything of the sorts about him. None of that stuff. That's that's what's crazy. I'm waiting for I guarantee you, like, just mark my words, what you're going to hear about him more than anything for people trying to nitpick is his attitude. Like, it's uh, he's too cocky. He's yeah. I, I'm telling you, that's what you're going to hear about the kid. Really? Same crap they gave Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yep. Or the same stuff they give Cam Newton all the time. He dances too much. He celebrates too much. He's too happy. Jesus, come on. I don't know. It, it'd be cool. It's going to be great. I think he'll, he'll be a fine guy. He'll be fine, right? We all trust the Bengals. Of course we do. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> all right. The next one is actually trading away one player. You have these three guys. Which one are you more likely to trade away if you had to trade away one? Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd, or DJ Chark? I'll go ahead. I think I would trade away Tyler Lockett. I would trade away Tyler Lockett because I am not sure what the future looks like with DK Metcalf. And, you know, I think I think we did learn that Tyler Boyd is not a number one wide receiver this year. You know, he had some good weeks. I think he's a very good player, but I think we learned something about Tyler Boyd. Like, his ceiling is not unlimited. And Chark, I feel like, has the most ceiling out of the three of these to just – you know, be a dominant number one wide receiver on his team. Yeah, so. and and you're saying Tyler Lockett because you do know what DK is, my friend. That's what it is, right, Ray? I have a bad feeling about what DK you know, might be. You know exactly what DK Metcalf is. Let him know, Ray. Let this guy know. Wait, himself. wait, Josh, you're not a, you're not a DK fan. I'm not. I'm not anti DK. He. I don't. I didn't draft any of him, but. I'm glad to see him doing well. Like no, I was, you're, you're saying you want to trade Tyler Lockett because you know exactly how good DK Metcalf is. Stop lying. I'm afraid, I'm afraid he might be very good. <laughs> <laughs> Let this guy know what's up, right? Let him know how good DK is. Yeah, I'm trading. <laughs> I'm trading away Tyler Lockett. Easy. I want Tyler Boyd back to back thousand yard seasons with with again Ryan Finley and Andy Dalton. I think his situation gets better with Joe Burrow back there. Uh, I want DJ Chark. I I like Tyler Lockett, but Tyler Lockett to me was a fraud wide receiver one all the time in Seattle. I think he's a very good wide receiver, but there's a big difference when I look at DK Metcalf and I look at Tyler Lockett. And for all the slack that DK met, the all the all the flack that he caught uh, in the pre-draft process, he looks like he's just a budding star in the making when you're that big and that fast and you have a hall of fame quarterback throwing you the ball. That's the guy I want. I want the six foot four, 230 pound monster who can run a four, three forty opposed to the five foot nine, five ten, 190 pound kind of gadget speedster, you know, good wide receiver for sure. But 
I would trade away Tyler Lockett. I am all aboard the DK train. Uh, I thought he would be good. I didn't think he would produce like this this early on. I mean, it, it looks like he, for as, as excited as people are about A.J. Brown, let people go pay that price for Brown. I, I, I would much rather at cost go try to acquire D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, I actually agree with you guys on that. No, no, no wide receiver on this list has been more disrespected last season than Tyler Boyd, right? I mean, it's we have Finley thrown in. Finley? Finley. We can Finley. only we can only knock him so much. I mean, damn, Finley and the Bengals offense. Man. I remember having a conversation. I don't remember if it was about DK or somebody else, but um Fusu Vu told me that like there are just a lot of very successful wide receivers in the NFL that have three to five routes that they run. <laughs> and so some of these criticisms of DK Metcalf and his lack of, I don't know, branches on the route tree, it might not really matter. And and then you hear what Kyle Shanahan said about wide receivers yeah. in the last week. And it's just like, oh, so maybe DK Metcalf is actually the way. Yeah, like how much do Josh, route trees matter now? That's the question, right? <laughs> you're speaking you're speaking my language, dude. I just I posted something on Twitter the other day. I really don't give a shit about the route running. And first of all, watching film in itself is is subjective, right? We can watch the same play and all three of us see something different. But watching route running is even more subjective than that because half of the people evaluating these routes don't truly even understand what true route concepts are and how they should be run. What, what, what are we looking at? Who plants their leg in the ground the hardest and breaks down the line the fastest? Like, it doesn't – when you get to the NFL, they're going to teach you leverage. They're going to teach you how to to work schemes. They're going to teach you the routes that they want you to run. And there are plenty of wide receivers who only run a couple of routes and do a couple of things, but they do it better than everybody else, and they are just fine. You do not have to be – Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins and those guys each year in their NFL career have gotten better and better and better at route running. So to to think that because you know who ran good routes last year, like really good routes was Riley Ridley. He ran great routes and look at what that's gotten him. So I just think that's one of the most overrated subjective traits that I really do not care about when I'm looking at NFL draft wide receiver prospects. If you can do it and you're elite, great. But even if you can't, I'm not tanking you down the field because you 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 don't run crisp routes. Like, I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, three things kind of blew that up for me this year, too. Like, obviously, the DK thing, right? We've seen how every everyone was hating on him. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people were hating on him, saying he, he was limited, right? And it, he showed that didn't matter. Then, like Josh just mentioned, Shanahan talking about, you know, watching guys route trees in college is basically pointless and then like i said i'm a raider fan so i was i kind of go back to these guys a lot but hunter renfro i remember early in this early in the season even in the preseason um there was something that came out i forget if it was something on video or that i read but it was something about the way he was running routes was actually like bothering gruden because gruden didn't like the way he was doing them and then he was struggling because he was trying to adapt to whatever they were asking him to do and then at some point they said, you know what, just do whatever you do. Like whatever it is you do, it obviously works. Just do it. Ignore everything we've said. And after that, he kind of, you know, started having a lot of success. So I feel like if they're telling this guy to stop listening to what they're doing and just do whatever he's been successful at and it's worked and then it, it actually played out in the NFL positive for him. And then you got DK, you got Shane, all these things. Like It kind of blew up the whole route running thing for me. And you guys know I had to go to a Hunter Renfro reference. I just had to find a way to fit that <laughs> in. So. <laughs> 
but yeah, it just kind of kind of blew it up for me, man. I'm like, now they're telling this guy I don't yep. even listen to what they're saying. Like, just let him do what he does. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yep. It's, it's an interesting thing to look at. All right. Um, the next one, Josh, you hit us with the next two, man. Hit us with the next two. Okay, so Ray, I just this is I don't know anything about this. So <laughs> this is all for you. <laughs> you had to trade one guy away in a Devi. Okay. So like someone whose value is probably about as high as it's gonna get might go down for me. Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Johnson. Who do you want out on? Um, I would say Tyler Johnson because I don't even think his value is high right now. Um, but for argument's sake, I'll go Jerry Judy. I'll go Jerry Judy for the sake of the conversation. A lot of people are touting this guy as the next coming of Amari Cooper, uh, the the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones. I've heard that comp. I like Jerry Judy a lot, but I'm not going that far. So if somebody's willing to pay me uh, top draft capital for Jerry Judy, I've long called Justin Jefferson discount version of Jerry Judy. He is just as talented to me. He's a bigger wide receiver. His production numbers are there. Uh, I like Jerry Judy, and a lot of people – I don't want people coming at me about this, but <laughs> I would, I would, I would deal Jerry Judy. I think he's good, but I do not believe he's the second coming of Amari Cooper or Julio Jones, and he isn't even my number one rated wide receiver in the 2020 class. Who is your number one wide receiver in this class, right? CD Lamb. CD Lamb. And is that CD is Lamb. that common? Is that I mean, is that like a popular perspective right now, or not even close? I think it's. I think the community is split. I think you've got some Jerry Judy truthers. And here's my theory. Here's my theory on Jerry Judy and just about every Alabama player. I don't care what part of the country you live on. I don't care what where you're at in the world. <laughs> every Saturday, whether you want to or not, and you turn on CBS, you're going to see Alabama right. every single Saturday. ESPN, they got the late night game. CBS, they got the 230 game. You're going to watch Alabama play whether you want to or not. So innately, you've got this Alabama, uh, this bias subconsciously that these guys are just far and away better than everybody else. When in reality, there's a ton of wide receivers just as talented as Jerry Judy. But the difference is who's watched Jalen Rager play at TCU? How many people have seen C.D. Lamb play on a consistent basis? Have you actually got a chance to watch some of these other wide receivers? Who 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 stays up to watch Colorado play to see LaVisca Chennault? You know what I mean? Right. It, but hell or high water, you are going to see Alabama whether you want to or not. So you get these guys ingrained in your head for two, three years. And then by that point in time, you, you can't – people aren't even open to the idea – that there could be a better player than the one that we've seen every single day of the every Saturday for the past three years. And uh, I think the community is coming around to that a little bit more that CeeDee Lamb might just be the best wide receiver prospect in this class. That's fair. And which one of those guys, like, are, are one of these guys going to be like the analytics team, darling? CeeDee Lamb C. checks Lamb? the boxes. Okay. Jalen Rager checks the boxes. Absolutely. Okay, gotcha. All right, and then you have one more, Josh, right before we jump over to something else? 
You know, I want to ask, how much better is CeeDee Lamb than Marquise Brown? Are these very different players? I thought it. I thought he was better than them last year when Marquise Brown was on the team. I thought he was a more complete wide receiver. And that's not taking anything away from Hollywood because I like his game. But CD's more physical. Obviously, he's bigger. Uh, his body control, his his blocking. Like, this dude is little things, right? In the running game, CD Lamb's pancaking cornerbacks. He's, he's fighting down the field. He's creating a lot of tough yards after the catch. His, his tracking ability, the way that he just tracks the ball, which Marquise Brown does very well also. But I, I, th- I said that CeeDee Lamb, to me, was the best wide receiver on the Oklahoma team for the past two years, and that's including Hollywood Brown. Damn. I feel like there's so many good wide receivers, man. Jeez. You guys give me – every time I hear someone talk about these guys, I get excited about the next one. It doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, wide receivers are where it's man. Yeah, it's so good. Yes. So good. All right, uh, we have one more on here. If we had a trade for one, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt. Ray, you want to start? Oh no, Josh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I want to hedge. I want to hedge my bet. Go ahead. I, I, so I don't know. I don't really know anything about Cam Akers, but I knew that that was Ray's guy, so I threw him in there. <laughs> I've been taking a lot of Miles Sanders lately. I'll tell you that I've done. Uh, a startup and another draft, and ended up with him in both. So, uh, I, I'm leaning, I'm leaning the same way too. I'm leaning the same way too. I know everyone's excited about Kareem Hunt because he kind of revived himself since he got came back into the league. People aren't sure where he's going to go. I mean, you don't know what kind of production he's going to get wherever he goes, but I don't think he's going to be the guy anywhere per se. So, I trust Miles Sanders from a you know a, a workload you know standpoint over the rest of the guys when it, you know just off of face value right now. So I'd go Sanders too, but this definitely was for Ray with the Cam Akers in the mix. I like Cam Akers, but again, I'm going proven players, man. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going proven players, and I gave Miles Sanders a lot of – I don't even want to say hate. I just really wasn't that high on him coming in to the draft, but he's definitely gone above and beyond my expectations. But I do think there's a good chance that Kareem Hunt lands a starting job do you? And boy, Damn. oh boy, boy, man, why, why not? He's a restricted free agent. What's Cleveland going to do? They're not going to sign him long term. If I were the Browns and if they've got a competent leadership in place, you trade them for some draft capital and you get better. They need more pieces. Like Kareem Hunt, It's he's a luxury to me on that team, not a necessity. So if they can get draft capital for him, and my ideal landing spot would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – you get Kareem Hunt with Bruce Arians. He's got his David Johnson, his new David Johnson. I think he slots right back in as a top 10 dynasty running back. So I'm going to hedge this bet. I'm going to to play roulette, and I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt here. Wow. Are you surprised, Josh? I'm a little surprised. I don't, I don't, I, I'll tell you, it means a lot to me that he was able to get the receiving work on a field with Nick Chubb, who <laughs> I think is competent in that, in that regard. So. Yeah. I think Kareem Hunt's probably pretty good at football. Yeah, we all can agree on that. I just don't know the starter thing, man. But hey, I mean, it's possible. Right. If 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 he's out, of, I'm I'm and I'm betting on the fact that he's out of Cleveland. Right. Um, if not, then he's going to be like Josh said, probably the same type of role. And with Stefanski in there, uh, you saw what Dalvin Cook did. I mean, it's going to be a heavy dose of the run. So we'll see how that plays out. Gotcha. All right. Um, I, before we go to foul or no foul, which is our last segment of the show for the most part, we did have one listener question that I liked. 
um, that I want to throw at Ray is from at chance in Tampa. He said, given most of the 20 commit 2020 commitments have been made. I'd love to know how Ray sees the players ranked seven through 15 and 20 versus the top six and 21 now. And he said, not super flex rankings, just PPR because he wants to see you sweat. <laughs> so let me get this straight. So he's asking me that the question is what exactly? How, okay. So the now that we know most of the 2020 commits um, right. that have been made, how you see like the guys ranked like in the seven to 15 range, I guess, generally to most people, the, you know, the popular okay. um, in 20 yeah. versus the top six and 21, like who you feel is going to be the top six there. Like ah. how different do you feel? They okay. are? That's a, that's a really good question. And it actually is uh, I, I say it's a layup for me because I have long said that I think that in single quarterback leagues, there's a tear break for me in 2020. And that tear break happens around, pick six or pick seven outside of the, and, and I, and I love the class. I think the class is deep. I think there are some players who can absolutely smash that go after pick seven, but the, right around pick six, pick seven, that's where I see a big tear break for me. And if I had the 108, the 109, the 110, I would have no problem trading back and inquiring the 2021. So for me, that's my tear break. And gotcha the top of the 2021 class, you know, we saw Chuba Hubbard announced that he's coming back to school. Najee Harris is coming back to school. Rondell Moore, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman. 2021 is right now. It's looking like it's going to be legit. Once we get there, inevitably some of those guys will return for their senior year. But after, after about pick six, pick seven, I would have no problem uh, trading that 2021 to get, some maybe later capital in the 2020 draft. Maybe you're getting uh 2021 first and the 2022nd or 2023rd and the 2021 first. I'd have no problem making that deal. Gotcha. Well, there you go. Chance in Tampa. We appreciate the question. You couldn't make my guy Ray sweat though, man. He said it was a layup. Nah. He said it was a layup. Yeah, that bro. was layup. Uh, that we, was layup. We appreciate the attempt though. You know, it's good question. Either way. Good question. <laughs> Uh, shout out again to Chance. Very good at question. Chance and Tampa. Very good question. Yeah. It seemed personal, man. He yeah. said he wanted to see you sweat, man. So, yeah, you know, that was a good question, it was. Though, man. Because you, you, you got to know where your tear breaks are if you are going to make a move. And, you know, some people might say it, it happens earlier or later. But for me, around pick six or seven is where it breaks. Gotcha. All right, cool. Let's jump over to Fowler No Foul. Um, Fowler No Foul, for anyone who's not familiar with the segment, I'm going to throw statements at these guys. And if they agree with the statement, if they think it's all good, it sounds kosher to them, there's no foul. No foul on the statement. If they do not agree with what's being said, then there's a foul on it. Um, so we'll start. We only got a few of these so we can run through them. You don't got to spend too much time on them. Uh, the first one is Tom Brady will play somewhere other than the Patriots next season. Foul or no foul, Ray? That's, that's no foul. No foul. You think he will? No foul. I think, he, I think he's gone. Man, I think that's I think that's it. They they need I think that marriage is done. That dynasty for what it was was something that we may never see again or for a very long time. But I think it's done. I think he's somewhere else if he wants to play. Josh, you agree, man? I I hate to see it. And and <laughs> I don't know. I it could happen, but I don't want to see that. I'm gonna say foul just because I don't want to see the Raiders sign him and play him in Las Vegas. So Foul. Ugh. Please stay in New England. I keep Ugh. seeing too many articles about the Patriot. The Raiders should sign this guy, sell tickets in Las Vegas. Screw all that. <laughs> keep Whoever drafts Tua should sign him. 
I don't know, man. Yep. Just keep him in New England. That's all I got to say. Um, all right. The next one, you guys know if I don't know if I this ain't safe. There's no certain topic safe. So this isn't about football. A man trying to make eye contact and check out your wife or girlfriend while you're right next to her is disrespectful. Foul or no foul? That's disrespectful. Disrespectful? You think it's no good, yeah. right, Josh? What? You got you, you think it's no bueno? Don't be yeah, doing it's that. No bueno. It's no bueno. Ray? Like You agree with Josh here? You're like, hey man, it's part of the game, bro. Bro, you should you should see my face right now. Like <laughs> Technical foul, like, <laughs> not even flagrant foul. Like it's, I'm I'm gonna have to say something. Like I, that's just, that's just the type of cat that I am. That's disrespectful. You don't do shit like that because I wouldn't do that, man. You you ain't disrespect. Because not only are you disrespecting me, you disrespecting my wife, my girl, because you're making her uncomfortable. That's right. that's, that's that's a technical foul, and I'm I'm gonna have to say something. <laughs> I actually brought it up because I seen a video online. I always stumble across these crazy videos. And they must have been, I think it was McDonald's. The guy must have walked past and looked at the guy's wife or whatever. He's like, hey, yo, you looking at my wife? Like, he actually said, I fucking my wife right now in front of me. Like, this is super disrespectful. And the guy was like, I didn't even say nothing to her. And the guy was like, that ain't, that ain't how this works, man. Like, that's super disrespectful. And he actually, like, knocked this dude out cold. It was ugly. And I was just like, damn, some people would say this guy no, went me, too far. Or, you know. The- if you just glance, okay, whatever. I mean, shit, I, I've made a glance here or there. <laughs> but I'm not about to stare somebody. I'm not about to do that in front of you. Like, you're asking for it. Right. You do something like that, then then you're looking for something. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. if you're looking for it, I'll help you find it. That's just how I am. <laughs> oh, I agree with you guys, man. I'm glad we're all in agreement on this. I didn't want no peacemaking on that one. Um, <laughs> all right, the next one. Uh, I feel like I've said this before. But it seems to keep getting worse and worse by the day. So Antonio Brown will never play in the NFL again. Foul or no foul? It really seems like that's the way we're going. <laughs> it's no foul, right? I mean, is there any reason this is a foul? Someone please help me. So, hey, hey, <laughs> the crazy thing is I, I think there's a chance that he still plays in the NFL. It's crazy. That's the craziest thing about it. I, I don't <laughs> – he got signed by the Patriots after the stuff that w- – what more has he done since then? I mean, he cussed out the police officers. He made a terrible rap video. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the Saints said he was in good shape. The thing is, I think we, I don't think we've seen the last of Totap Tony in the NFL, man. And, and I'm, I'm not – listen, I'm not – in all seriousness, I'm not condoning – uh, speaking to women the way that he did in that video or, or any of that. But um, I think his talent is still good enough to play. He's only like 31. He'll be 32. I don't think we've seen the last of AB yet in the NFL. Yeah. The only reason I, 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 I say there's a chance he doesn't play too is because I did see someone bring up the point. I don't know who it is on Twitter. I forgot now. But I seen someone mention that if you know the NFL takes this strong stance on men hitting women, what about the mental abuse of like what he was doing on video? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. how he was talking to his, you know, ch- you know, mother of his children and how he was acting. Like some people could look at that as like abuse from a mental standpoint. And so I'm like, damn, if they really run with this, you know, you could convince the NFL of anything these days. So I'm like, you know, there's a possibility they could really, you know, hit this guy with stuff. And I don't know if teams want to deal with it, you know, but I don't know. 
it just seems like he's gonna have be. you ever seen somebody fumble the bag over the course of the it's year crazy, like right? Antonio Brown? It's crazy. Like that's it's something's wrong with him. I, I just don't understand. There, like did, no, did Pittsburgh keep this in check or it just wasn't this bad? From what I heard, it was always this bad. That's crazy. But the fact that, that I mean, you from Ben to A B from from everything that I read, this was like normal occurrence. Dude showing up late to practice, cussing out coaches. But when you're on the field catching 150 balls for 1,600 yards, I mean, he was getting away with murder. Right. And uh, from what I heard, it, it was always – not always because they say he wasn't – Ryan Clark has said he, he wasn't like that when he came in the league. But once he got paid, I mean, shit, what were they going to do to him? Take yeah. Kick him not – let him, not let him play? Yeah. That's what it seems like, man. The money is just got to him, man. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. It'll be a fun storyline. You know, we're going to hear about it all offseason. You know it's going to happen. So we'll see how it plays out. And another player who is a former player of the NFL is actually trying out for the XX, XFL. So I have to ask you, gentlemen, former Bengals star wide receiver Chad Johnson will make, make an XFL roster as a kicker, foul or no foul. Oh, hell yeah. I hope he makes it as a kicker. That's awesome. <laughs> it would be fun, man. What is what is Chad doing? He man? said, hey, Chad, he kicked a 60-yarder on video recently. He said he got a tryout. He's happy about it. He said it's thrilling to try a new position. That's so, awesome. We'll see if it is happens. Is he going to wear 85? <laughs> Ocho Cinco out there kicking balls, man. Yeah, should I have Ocho Cinco? Like or should we've ever seen. It'll be awesome. Yeah, I like it. I like it, too. We're going to all say no foul just because we want to see it happen. Yeah, all no right. foul, no foul. No foul. All right, we kept Ray long enough. Listen, we made it happen. We had to, you know, milk it for what it was worth, man. We had to, we, we had fan questions trying to make you sweat. We threw in players that were rookies or coming into the league to see if we can get you to, to bite. But you just, you, you took it all in. You, 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 you did it with confidence, man. You did it like Joe Burrow would do it. Deshaun Watson would do it. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't waver, man. You didn't let him, you didn't let him hit you with the throw velocity is too low and take you off, man. You, you, you did it all. So, I, you know, obviously let's close this thing out. One thing we do do before we close that episode is we do a thing called show and tell. I didn't prepare you for this. I never prepare the guests for this. I don't know if you have anything that you want to show or tell about. Um, whether it's a product, a podcast, a artist, a music artist, philosophy, advice, anything you want. I don't know. Josh sometimes comes with some weird products. Maybe he yeah. has something. You have something, Josh? I'll give him a second to think about it. Yeah. Right. So I just want to say this because I know that Chuba Hubbard is listening. Uh, <laughs> you go, please go to the NFL, Chuba. Just, just please go to the NFL. Josh has got some advice for you for the show and tell. Like, I know you got disrespected at the end of the year with the awards that you didn't get but deserved, but it's not worth getting hurt in college. Just please go to the NFL, Chuba. It's worth zero dollars. My show went tell. I'll, I'll, I'll give him Ray some more time. We're, see, we, we're, we're good hosts, man. We try to buy our guest time since we don't prepare them properly. I like it to be raw. You know what I mean? That's why we don't prep them. But uh, I just want to throw out a true crime podcast. You guys know I love my murder podcast, what I, as I call them. Um, there's a decent one out there right now called Bear Brook. Uh, interesting story. The reason I, I like it, it stands out a little differently is because they talk about some DNA and genetic tests that are kind of getting people caught up with the law these days. Um, 23andMe and stuff. You want to get your test. It's all cute and stuff. You find out where you're from and your background, but the police are pulling you off of there, man. So 
Um, this this podcast kind of devs in, you know, dives into that a little bit, how they identify some victims because of that and also catch a person because of it. So it's a cool little podcast, a little different from, you know, most of the other true kind podcasts, but check it out. Bear Brook, just how it sounds. Bear, the animal, raw, Brook. Got it. Woman's name, however you want to call it. But it's worth a, worth a listen if you're looking for a podcast. Ray, did we stall enough, man? Do you got something? Yeah, I got a little something. Even man. if it's just inspiration, it's, uh, man. Whatever you got for us. <clears throat> yes, yeah, it's, it's not a product. It's right. not the it's not the podcast. It's not following me on Twitter. It's none <laughs> of that. I just 2019 was a wild year, man. And uh, a lot of people that I that I grew up with and a couple of folks aren't, aren't here anymore. Um, young guys that have passed away for various different things. So my just my my advice is, man, we we all are busy. We've got jobs and families and hobbies and all this other stuff but if you're thinking about somebody whether it's your grandma you know you ain't called her in a couple of weeks or you know a best friend or a buddy of yours don't think about it man just pick up the phone text call tell them tell them you're thinking about them tell them you love them because i mean honestly and truthfully we play around and all that but i'm very every morning i'm able to open my eyes and, and put my feet on the ground and see the sky. I, I am truly grateful because I know it isn't promised. So if you've got friends or family out there or, or a homeboy or homegirl you've been thinking about and you haven't talked to in a while, just reach out. Like just, hey, thinking about you, just want to let you know, uh, you know, care about you. I love you, man, because it's really uh, this is a we're only here for a, a, a blip on the radar. And uh, we need to let people we know uh, love. Let, let them know we love them before it's too late to do that, man. So just uh just wanted to say that that's dope yeah that that i love you thing man that's tough for some people right like we just don't recognize it sometimes we just don't do it enough i even catch it myself with like my own brother and shit like i, I talk to you every day but i don't really tell you i love you man like i know you know it like it's just kind yeah. of a given but like just telling people that like sometimes it's a make or break thing for people you know what i mean and it just feels right you know so i know we all we all could take yeah. what you just said and, and, and apply that right so i appreciate those words you know what i mean Definitely yeah, important. Definitely important. All right, Ray. Let the listeners know, since you didn't plug yourself there, which was very humble and gracious <laughs> of you, let them know where they can find you on social media, plug the podcast, whatever else you got going. Let these let let, let, the, let the listeners know where to go, man. If you want to hear some more of this crazy talk with these young high school and college prospects, you can check me out on Twitter at Ray GQ. That's R-A-Y-G-Q-U-E. I've got a podcast, Destination Debbie. I try to put a show out every week, every other week, but it's the off season. So just when I get time, I try to throw one out there, uh, write and talk dynasty over on a DLF dynasty league football, doing some stuff over there. Um, and I really just like to interact with folks and, and just talk, whether it's football life, whatever, I don't really deal with the silly stuff. I just don't have time for that. But, uh, I just want to tell you guys that I, I truly appreciate the opportunity to come on the show. It, this and, I, and I, I don't care who's listening, but I'm just going to keep it real. This was probably the funnest time that I've had on any podcast or YouTube type platform. I really, really enjoyed this show, really respect what you guys are doing. So I, I just thank you for having me on. Really appreciated it. No, man, we really appreciate this. We appreciate those words, man. That means a lot to us. And we, we appreciate you taking your time and, and coming on here. Like I said, I'm glad that we were able to stay persistent and make this happen for both of us. And I think it is important for anyone who doesn't follow Ray to go follow him. 
if you, you know, he's not one of those guys who like doesn't talk to you, right? Like has a bunch of followers. He puts out a bunch of shit and then doesn't say nothing to you. No, it's not Ray. Ray will interact with you, talk to you, and you need to know you. He ain't going to debate with you too much, right? He's going to block you if you get nasty. But uh, <laughs> other than that, because he, he made that his 2020 resolution of sorts that you gonna get, you got to go if it gets too negative. But yeah, man, Ray's awesome. So, and everything he does, the podcast is all great. Like like he said in the beginning of this show, call back to that authentic, real, and just a good dude, man. So go check out Ray and support everything he does. Josh, you guys can follow Josh if you want. He ain't as great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> follow Josh <laughs> at JC Crocker. Josh, I mean, are you gonna have off season content or no? Yeah, yeah. I, I need to I need to write something. What you gonna do, man? What you gonna do? You got anything in mind yet? Uh I mean, probably just some dynasty buy sell type stuff to gotcha. get started with. We'll player profiler these- is where they can find it, right? As always. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So player profiler, you can still find Josh content there. He's gonna start something up for you guys over there, something new. He's still gonna keep it going. So at JC Crocker, you'll find his articles usually in his pinned tweets. Other than that, you can find me at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. If you're listening for the first time because Ray's here, we appreciate that. It would be awesome if you guys subscribe and listen some more. Ray will be back. But in between that, like there's some other good stuff there for you guys. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Please slap that subscribe button. Leave a review. Tell a friend about us. Whatever you could do, it, it means more to us than anything you can imagine. And we're super grateful for every little piece of love support y'all give us that's it for today clock dodgers as always be kind be great keep dodging Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.